So Nelson, you wrote this paper. Um, it's called the Brigham Young University Football Program and the Analytics Revolution. That's correct. And and so this is like a, a full-on academic paper that you wrote. Right, and I submitted it in March, and it will be it'll come out in BYU Studies quarterly, December or November. Great. So I, I read through it, um, and this all started, I guess, with, with Moneyball. You know, that movie, the, the book and the movie that came out a few years ago kind of summarized this shift towards analytics and data in sports. Yes, that's true. Uh, Moneyball is a bit of a fairy tale. It's kind of traumatized. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, the, the book that kind of tells the real revolution behind analytics and sports is called The Sabermetric Revolution by Bomber and Zimbalist. Benjamin Bomber and Andrew Zimbalist, a mathematician and an economist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, but it's kind of like, it's just this idea that like in sports, decisions used to be made in recruiting based a little more on like on the gut or at the discretion or at the whim of whoever was doing the scouting or recruiting. But since like the 1970s, it's been more and more based upon the data and what, what the players can do. Well, the, the data and all the ideas, you, you're right to an extent. The ideas were developed starting from the 1970s, but teams didn't start using them until Billy, extensively until Billy Bean, the general manager for the athletics, the protagonist in the movie Moneyballs, right, started right. using them extensively. Yeah. And after that movie came out, other teams followed. So it kind of eroded the advantage of using analytics. Awesome. I, I guess uh, what brought you to make this paper and publish it was oh, the well, incentive I read, for you. I read a lot of books about sports analytics. Because you're kind of a sports guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're a stats guy, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I work for the Census Bureau, by the way. I'm a okay. statistician for the Census right. Bureau, uh, mathematics research statistician. So I uh, <clears throat> went, uh, you know, I read a lot of books, and over time you kind of accumulate ideas accumulate ideas about what BYU football should be doing. Mm-hmm. Some, so I just wanted to maybe put that out into some forum. So I mm-hmm. thought about writing a paper called like Empirically Driven Solutions for BYU Football, right? Right. That right. sounded too, you know, if you want to submit it to an academic <laughs> journal, that sounds too like an instruction manual. Right, 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 right. Not a lot of people sitting around looking to read books just like, <clears throat> just about stats books. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I just uh, then I I read the Sabermetric Revolution by that, that I mentioned before, and that was like the only scholar academic book Sabermetrics book that I read. Yeah, the other ones were kind of popular books. So I followed kind of the template, uh, what they did. They talked about some of, about some of the ideas, but also how teams started gradually adopting statistical analysis in their decision making. Right. So I just did the same thing for BYU football. And uh, nobody's done this yet, I guess, in an academic research paper. No. Right? So you're the no. first to do it. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, the, the, the reason I did it was to just get more people you know, involved. I'm obviously, obviously not the only person qualified to do this kind of thing. So. Just, yeah, well, I noticed <laughs> that like at the end of the paper, right in, in your conclusion, you actually yeah. did kind of a call on, a call out to um, all the numerati, is what you call. Yes. That, Quantitative base fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numerati is uh, that's that's a word from based on this book called the Numerati about yeah. analytics and just quantitative data. analytic people yeah. that can deal with this stuff. Uh-huh. And you're kind of basically asking them, kind of like an open source kind of hey to go in there and 
every every Numerati person that's a fan of BYU football to kind of contribute their ideas and help improve the program and that's my hope call that's the my, arms so to speak right that's my hope yeah um, yeah well and I'll say too um, for people that, re- that are interested in reading this paper like I didn't really feel it, it gets a little more technical I think as you get into the paper mm-hmm. but it started it's probably one of the most interesting um, statistics statistics papers I've ever read I, I, I could or maybe even one of the most interesting academic papers I've read to be honest like it just oh, thank you it was very interesting and it just never uh-huh. it wasn't dry at all um, I think as you get a little more technical maybe some other parts might be a little harder for people to understand but uh-huh. um, I, I thought you're, you don't really I, I don't know you don't really have to be a stats person to understand it but I definitely think the more stats information you have the more you, you can appreciate the different things you go into but you don't necessarily need that technical skill. Oh yeah, that oh, that's good news. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges is to present statistics to lay people, and I'm I'm glad I was yeah. accomplished. Regular people <clears throat> like me can get this, and oh, people. Okay. <laughs> so what, let's go through like like what, walk uh-huh. us through like people listening to this like what are some of your key findings um, that were kind of surprised you or things that you know you think are important for people to understand that you discovered in putting this together. Okay, there's pretty much three people that I analyzed. Oh, Bronco Mendenhall, who was coach for BYU uh, for 10 years before. He's, he started this year at the University of Virginia. Okay. He, um, I started noticing, like, he went for it on fourth and short. Right. You're familiar with football, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he went, he used, to, he, he'd go for it on fourth and short. Um, A lot more than a normal coach. Yeah. Would go, right? Yeah. Usually on the fourth down, you're going to punt it almost every time. Yeah. Right. So NFL coaches, I did that 10% of the time. Right. So I noticed he he went for it close to midfield on fourth and short most of the time. So I kind of looked at all his decisions and found out he went for it like a third of the time. So that's a lot more than NFL coaches. Really? Yeah. And so that kind of that that stuck out to you as uh, something. Why, why do you think that was? He just wanted – he was a little more risky or – I don't know. Had more faith in the, in the runner just to get that, you know, one or two yards or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he read Romer's paper. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Awesome. Uh, so um, that that was an interesting piece. And what what else? I guess um, I, I found it really interesting that mm-hmm. you kind of put it that the quarterback, mm-hmm. according to you, that's that's the most important position. Right. Right. And that mm-hmm. they do really well, um, or the BYU team has done really well at recruiting LDS talent. You know, some of the best players they right. get. They they've gotten really good quarterbacks. Right. Right. But you also say that they have not done very well at the kind of like second or third importance, um, you know, like the linebackers, um, the defensive ends, um, the left tackle. Yes. You, have you seen the blind side? <laughs> I, I didn't see I, 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 okay. I don't think I saw it, but like. Yeah, they just found out left, left tackle is the second most important position because he protects the quarterback. Okay. So, um, Why not the right tackle? Why is it the left tackle? Oh, because uh, the quarterback is usually right handed. Ah. So he's his back is to his left side, so the left tackle protects him. I'm glad yeah. you asked that question because yeah, yeah. So that's where they're going to take a hit. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh-huh. I, I always, whenever you see a quarterback taking one of those hits, you know, where they're just about to throw it and their body's totally exposed, right? Like even if they get the pass off, you just got to notice like that. That that definitely that takes its toll on those QBs. I mean, it must. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Oh yeah, sure. they got to be tough to do it. You know, I, I, I probably probably <laughs> I'm not able to. Like that. Um, there was a criticism, I think, uh, that came on early on. I think you quoted uh, Charles Barkley um, uh-huh. with kind of like this quantification of sports. Mm-hmm. He kind of says this rise of like, 
you know, people that are using quantitative methods to, in the recruiting. Um, Charles Barkley is a, who's critical of this, and he says, all these guys who run these organizations who talk about analytics, they have one thing in common. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school. And they just want to get in the game. Wait. Get, they just want to get in the game. <laughs> kind of yeah. harsh words. I like how you put it in there, but, I mean, you obviously you disagree with him. But it's, Oh, no, it's, I it's agree. A, I mean, I'm guilty. Oh, you're guilty? Yeah. Okay. That's, you know, when I found out I wasn't going to, no one's going to pay me to play sports, play baseball, which is what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. You know, that's, of course, I, if I were to do it, do things over, I wouldn't go back and be an athlete. Right. But this is this is great because I get to, you know, get involved in sports and use mm-hmm. do statistics, which I love. Yeah. Um, so you played baseball kind of growing up and stuff? Yeah, I played Little League, Pony, Bronco. Okay. I had a couple of good years, but most of the time I wasn't very good. <laughs> I, I, I played too as a guy. I think oh, I played in, yeah, probably till about fifth or sixth grade. So I don't know, played three or four years, just, you know, Little League stuff. Oh, I wasn't like a baseball. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was a def- decent outfielder. I could catch. Okay. I can catch a ball, but uh, hitting was never. And you know, I don't know. Just the other aspects of the game. Were you, you're not tall and not that coordinated. Is that, is that I was a little shorter as a kid. Now I'm a bit taller. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not super coordinated. Um, okay. So I play. Um, I play other sports where I don't have to be quite as coordinated. Okay. But catching a ball, I, I could play outfield. Okay. okay. De- decently well, and so I was. I was okay at that, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that that dream of like being on the sports team, it, it, it really I don't know. I guess it fades sometime in high school, maybe or, or maybe in college for some of the better players. <laughs> right, it was a lot earlier for me. It was probably when I was like nine or something. Oh, I realized okay. it's not gonna happen. <laughs> and that was, and when did you discover this love of statistics? When did that come along? Oh, the uh, I actually did not like statistics first time around. Yeah. I took stats two twenty one in a really really big class and I was at BYU and yeah. didn't really like it, but then it was when I had a econ three eighty eight which was econometrics. Mm-hmm. That's when I saw its power. Yeah, you can model things, and you can make good predictions, and our pro- the professor McDonald really got me into it. So yeah, that's when I realized. And uh, so you, did you kind of decide effectively like that was in what your first or second year of college that you decided hey this is something I probably want to do you know, as a career kind of thing, or how did that, how did that unfold? Yeah, um, that's when, yes, that's when I decided to major in economics. Okay. And my professors promised us if we knew econometrics, we'd be employed forever. Right. So, yeah, so after, uh, after graduation, I started working with the Census Bureau, and they, did it was was more of an analyst than a statistician. I just compiled data for like nine years while I got my master's degree and I applied math. And then about a year ago, I landed my current position as a research statistician. And how is that different? So you, I guess you're dealing less with the data and more on the just an, analyzing the data. Yes, an, analyzing data and uh, right. res, original research too. Really? Okay. So this kind of stuff, I guess you kind of do this with your job. It kind of allows you to do this or what's the, how, how's the setup? With that? Um, this, I, I did all on my own. Okay. And my position, I, I think my, my, my new supervisor told us that we're allowed like 10% of our time to do independent research. So mm-hmm. this would be good, but I, I did this mostly on my own free time. Excellent. 
That's great. Um, and I guess for submitting the paper, how did that how did that go? Out? You wrote it out, and then did you just send it off to BYU quarterly, or yes, yeah, just send send the attachment as a word document in an email. Mm -hmm. And the Annette Samuelson, she was in charge of new submissions. She just told me, you know, a little thank you, and then it took three months. It's, this is a peer review, review process. I don't know if you're familiar. Right, it's right. It's a really long time. Some now. other people look at it and they kind of tear it apart and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right? Yes. And it, so it was sent to three reviewers, mm -hmm. two two for formal ones. And one was really, one was like, you know, I don't want to be here. You know, but he, he accepted it anyway. Yeah. And the other one was really complimentary of it. He said it's an interesting idea for an article. And he told me ways to improve improve my model well not improve it but like improve the data that I use on my model right and right. yeah he, he had a lot of suggestions and he's and then there's one guy gave an informal review and I think he was just a friend of the senior editor and he really really knowledgeable about BYU football so he just uh, he didn't give any comments about the stats part but he great yeah excellent um, and, and I guess just kind of what is your suggestion to improve BYU football? I mean, there's it's kind of been, I, I'm not an expert on the topic, but there have been some rough seasons, you know, in recent years, mm -hmm. right? They've been losing a bit more than people are feeling comfortable with or excited about, I guess. And uh, even though I know a lot of people are big fans of BYU football, right. some are kind of like, it's hard for them to get excited because they feel like BYU kind of lets them down, has kind of that stigma of, you know, losing a lot of close games and stuff like that. Um I mean, obviously, your paper doesn't deal with that directly. It's more on the recruiting side of things. But what is the fix? I mean, what what is what are your suggestions you get into in this paper that you think will make uh, BYU win more games? Well, like I said, we need to recruit better at recruit better linemen and like you know people who protect the quarterback. Sure. And people who pressure the opposing quarterback. And I, the new coach Kalani Sataki, right. he is really he's a really great recruiter. Mm -hmm. And and as I show in the paper, he's pretty he's more open to analytics than Bronco Mendenhall is. Mm -hmm. I, I was told by one of the reviewers, and so I, I think would be able to uh, I think more more adoption of analytics and the recruiting, which would already is already going to get better. So I think those those two are the uh, two things. Great. And uh, so you are you. Uh What's your level of optimism for the next year on a scale of one to ten for for this season and next season? You know, are you think how how much do you think things are going to get better in terms of winning win loss ratio? I'm very optimistic. <laughs> okay. Right, we have you yeah. lost three games against really, right. really uh, pretty decent quality teams: Utah, uh, UCLA, and West Virginia. Right by like a total of seven points. Right, so right. really, really, you know, close games. And, yeah. From a statistician's point of view, those close games, it's pretty much a toss-up coin. Right. It doesn't matter who's better. Right. right? So, that, so the three losses that we have were really close, and the couple of wins were really close, too, but one was really convincing against a, a Big Ten team, Michigan State. So right. Really, really, really optimistic about the rest of the season and next season, too. Great. Well, um, if people, they can read this in BYU Quarterly, and anywhere yeah. else they can read it, is it going to be available online or something down the road? Um, BYU studies, yeah, it's, I will probably upload a copy of the paper on academia.edu. Okay. Yeah, they told me last week that there were, BYU studies was going to send a uh, publication agreement where I'll, I'll have the rights to the paper. Great. When I sign it, so, 
yeah, it'll be, but uh, the website for BYU Studies is byustudies.byu.edu. byustudies.edu. byustudies.byu.edu. byustudies.byu.edu. Okay, great. Well, guys, check it out. Um, it's a great paper. I fully endorse it, and uh, I think it's wonderful. So congratulations, Nelson. Thanks, Mark. Enjoy your podcast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.